0: Hi, my name is Anna.
1: And my name is Ankit.
0: And our podcast is called Voices of Color.
1: The purpose of this podcast is to be voices of minorities that have suffered injustices. Today we have a case of...
0: Jorge Gonzalez Zunica.
1: Alright, how about you start it out, Anna?
0: So I'm going to give a little bit of a timeline of the events that happened. Okay. Um, so this took place on Easter Sunday.
1: Okay, so... Uh, for people that don't know when Easter is, when, is, is it May or April?
0: Um, it can be in April or March, depending on, you know. The calendar. Yeah. 14 okay. in the morning. Uh, there was a call to a trailer park. Um, it is out in, this is all takes... Call
1: to Sheriff's Department or call to a trailer park? Call
0: to a trailer park. There okay. was a disturbance... Um, it was actually two women that got in an altercation, um, so the police were there for that altercation, and it, w- keep in mind, this is, like, deep in the, pa- like, the beginning of the pandemic, when every place is shut down, um, so they also had a curfew up, and so...
1: Okay, so, so, so where is it located again?
0: Um, it is a little trailer park located in the Delta Lake area, um, FM-88. We are not from Texas, so bear okay, with us.
1: Okay, so, it, so it's in Texas, right? Yes. I didn't know Texas were that strict with their pandemic laws?
0: I feel like it's different for each state. Okay. And, like, I feel like it's not like Nebraska, where our governor has to say, yes, we're in a pandemic. I think it's like a city-by-city city kind of thing. That
1: makes sense.
0: Because uh, each beca- state, think of it as a country.
1: Because in... Like, we never had a curfew. Did we have a curfew? I don't remember.
0: us. I don't think that we had a curfew.
1: Like, Walmart started closing in early, and all the shops that were normally open for late night started closing in at 11, but other than that, there were no many changes. Let's get back to the topic. We are really <laughs> sidetracked right now. No
0: worries. All right, so um, on April 12th, um, Zuniga was arrested by... Three officers, one whose name is Ferris and then a John Doe one, and John Doe two.
1: Let, take a st- I don't mean to interrupt, but like, let's take a step back. Why was he arrested? I thought the car was for the two women.
0: The two women, um, yes, and then they saw Zuniga laying passed out on the ground from lots of drinking.
1: Shouldn't they just send him to a drunk tank, maybe?
0: Well, they initially told him that he should go and rest at, you know, one of the houses, mm-hmm. and then the owner of the trailer park said he isn't a resident here, so then they're like, okay, well, go home, and so he had started the process of going home, and then all of a sudden, the three arresting officers decided, no, no we're going to actually have you come into the station with us. And so one thing about Zuniga is that he is an immigrant. He does not have his papers. So a lot of the sheriff's departments and law enforcement, especially down in Texas, work with ICE to catch people who are, you know, jumping the border. So his fear was that they were going to deport him. And so he began to ran, but run. (laughs) So he crossed the border when he was 11 years old with his sister and then his parents later on joined. Um, So he was afraid that they were going to arrest him, deport him, and he also is married and has a son. Oh,
1: so he's just a family man, just worried that he'll be sent back away from his family.
0: Yes, so he had graduated high school and started working on farms and doing manual labor Mm -hmm. and so just making money for his family. And then they decided that because they didn't, like, we don't know exactly why they decided to just change their mind and arrest him, but he began to run. And so when he began to run is when these officers decided that they were going to use excessive force on him.
1: To be devil's advocate, he was impaired at the same time he was just sleeping and not causing any disturbance you know right so he probably just freaked out like you know sometimes when you wake up and you just freak out over certain stuff you know probably you know woken up by cops obviously when you're you're from an immigrant country it's a weird daunting thing you know cops are waking you up and on top of that you know The first thought, if you don't have papers, is like, what if they try to check my papers? What's going to happen then?
0: And his wife, who went with this um, party, went to the party with him, um, she was already asleep in one of their friend's trailers. Okay. So, he could have gone to his friend's place and slept it off, and his wife was already there. So... You know, just because the owner said, hey, he's not from here, they decided to go ahead and arrest him.
1: To be transparent to the police department, was he given the chance to go there, or was he too incoherent to know where he was? And he where began he was to going? get up and go. Okay.
0: And then they decided, you know, let's flip the switch, take him in, put him in the drunk tank. Okay. So... He was arrested at 2.15 a.m. Um, when he was being arrested, they had tackled and assaulted him. He was not resisting arrest. He just wanted to get away. He was afraid of being captured. I cannot express that enough. Um, he was tasered multiple times. He was pushed to the ground. Um, his neck was crushed. When
1: she says he was, um he was trying to not resist arrest was like yes he did ran from the cops but once he caught they caught up to him he was not putting up a fight when they were putting the handcuffs on
0: yes he was also he was also given ankle restraints like those things that you see prisoners yeah yeah so he was given those and handcuffs
1: so the metal thing is like that they are, like, connected from hand, you know, like, both hands and both legs. Well, um,
0: no, not that one, but, like, it's similar to it, where, okay. but they're not connected to the hands and the, he was just, so it limits his ability to walk.
1: Okay. I'm a, brave, I'm a big crime, true crime fan, and I, I'm also a crime junkie fan, so, you know, that's the first thing that pops in my head watching, you know, TV shows.
0: And keep in mind, like, while his legs are shackled, Mm -hmm. he was purposely tripped as well. Okay. And so he wasn't able to fully stand up at this point while being shackled. So they considered it him resisting arrest because he was trying to be uncooperative. When in reality, I mean, this man's neck was crushed and he was tripped.
1: In their defense, you know, like... A lot of the time when cops say stop resisting arrest, it's just for the scenic value. So, you know, it looks like that they're resisting arrest.
0: But there are multiple statements from different people that were there that said that he was not actually fighting them.
1: No, what I'm trying to say is like sometimes like with the George Floyd case, they showed like saying resisting arrest is just for the sake of arresting people and adding additional charges to it. Not because a person is actually resisting, if that makes sense. Right. Okay.
0: So he was put in a patrol car. Um, he was actually shoved into the patrol car. Okay. Um, and he was taken to the Hidalgo County Adult Detention Center. Um, when he got there at 2.15, it wasn't until 2.57 did they actually go through and conduct a suicide eval- evaluation of him. Mm-hmm. Then at 3.07 a.m., he was booked into the detention center. At 12.11 a.m., April 13th, Zuniga was reported, was found as being unresponsive, and EMSs were called to transport him to the hospital.
1: 12.11 a.m., is it the next day?
0: Yeah, the 13th.
1: How many hours is that? Mm-hmm.
0: You're better at math than I am. I think it's close to about 20 20 21 or so
1: 21 hours
0: yeah. Um I want to also point out that when they were doing his um booking photos for you
1: know, mm-hmm.
0: it's not
1: uh, <laughs> like the mugshot Yeah,
0: mugshot. There we go. Um they actually had to hold his head up and they considered it as he was being uncooperative, but he his neck he wasn't able to hold it up so they had to in the picture have his hand like an officer's hand with gloves holding it up
1: in their defense you know like i had you know like i have family members that get drunk right so it's really really hard to know like when a person's actually drunk or you know Or they have something going on with them. Like, I have seen people just, like, stumbling out, blackout drunk, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: So, just in the defense of the people that were taking mug shots, they didn't do anything wrong. They might not have known what his actual injuries were. So, what were his actual injuries?
0: I got more before that. (laughs) Okay. So... um. Um, so before he was transported to the detention center without a medical evaluation, he was looked at by a nurse and she said that he was perfectly fine. It wasn't until a officer who was trained as an EMS came in for the next shift did they see that there was something clearly not right with him.
1: Does uh, this facilities have camera?
0: I wasn't able to find anything out about the cameras. It just, everything that I found didn't, you know, give a whole lot. I'm sure that when this was all investigated, they did check the cameras okay. um, in their report. Um, he was taken to the hospital um, again next day. When he was taken to the hospital, they found that he had hematomas on his left eye, right chest, and upper arm and nose. And if you don't know what a hematoma is, it's the technical term for a bruise. Okay.
1: Thanks for clearing that. I'm I'm (laughs) not a medical student. Uh, I don't know what a hematomas were, so thank you.
0: You're welcome. Um, There was also a deformity. It doesn't specifically say what kind of deformity it was, but there was a deformity on his right elbow. There was a deformity of his neck, which I will get to that. I did get an explanation of that. Um, There was a laceration on his finger, and his temp was 82.4 degrees. Uh, Uh, Wait, hold on. I want you to guess what the average temperature for an adult is.
1: 97. Is it 96 or 97? It's 96.8. So his body is is 14 degrees uh, colder than a normal human body.
0: Which is considered hypothermia.
1: How is he not dead? I thought, like, you know, dead bodies were the ones that cooled down the body temp.
0: So certain injuries can cause people to go into hypothermia because the body can't regulate its own heat because of all of these competing things that are going on
1: it might sound really ignorant but like didn't you say it was around easter time yes. in texas yes so is it because of an injury because there's no reason in texas he should be having hypothermia
0: well he was inside the entire time in a jail cell which is going to be, it, yeah
1: well, hopefully
0: great example of an un- inability to regulate temperature by the way we have a son together um, when he was born, you remember the skin-to-skin contact to help yeah, them regulate?
1: Yeah,
0: Same thing. If somebody's injured, they can't regulate their body temperature. Okay. And that deals with brain damage as well.
1: Okay. So, did he have a brain damage? We'll get there. All right. Sorry so for jumping gun. <laughs> <it's your same laughs> so, problem.
0: he was also diagnosed with a severe cervical fracture. If you don't know what a cervical is, it is the... Um, sp- your neck area. <laughs> okay. So. so it's specifically the neck portion of your spine as well as it includes your um, clavicle, which everybody calls that your um, I forgot the name. <laughs> Collarbone. Um he had a swollen spinal cord and was left quadriplegic. Um Quadriplegic is where you can't move your arms and your legs. Paraplegic is just two. Okay, so
1: all of his, all of his limbs were not working.
0: Correct. <clears throat> he was found to have rhabdomyosis, which is the breaking down of muscular tissue. This is something that happened after. It wasn't okay. something that he was born with. And then he has in that same um, cervical area, it was his c five through c six of his neck that had um, been pushed together.
1: So like pressed together.
0: Yes, so they were collapsed upon each other, which oh. then means that you can't hold your neck up because oh. those are those two lower ones oh. down here at the base of your um, neck cervical area, which is goes into your spine. Um, he had a bilateral jumped facet, which is just, um, joints were cut where the cartilage and the joints connect. Mm -hmm. And then he also, as well as having that compression of his neck, his neck was broken and he had, um, multiple surgeries. He was placed on a ventilator. Also, he, after all of this. So this is after George Floyd, where I can't breathe, but his neck was broken. Yeah. But he was still able to talk and be cognitive. It wasn't that he died at this point.
1: Are we talking about George Floyd, or are we talking about...
0: George... There's a difference between... So I was saying it's different from George Floyd, because he was still able to... Oh,
1: so Jorge was still able to communicate. But, like, my question is, like, was he on ventilator... uh, before, so I thought in pre case notes you were telling me he got he got to get go home. Was he on ventilator when he went home or no? When, um, so
0: he was in the ER until June fifth.
1: Okay.
0: Well, not in the ER, but in intensive care until June fifth. Okay, so he went from April twelfth uh, thirteenth until June fifth. In the hospital, and the reason why he was released from the hospital is because he didn't have insurance, and so he couldn't go into skilled nursing where they would be able to take care of him and properly take care of him. So his family was given two weeks to learn how to clean everything, deal with the ventilator, and then he was sent home.
1: Okay, so a grown man with no medical issues basically left paralyzed by sheriff's department.
0: Correct. And so there was a lawsuit that was brought up by the family. Um, In this lawsuit, it states that he had been hospitalized or sent to the ER on multiple occasions. Um, He had a heart attack on July 8th, and then on July 15th, he had passed away. His death was listed as acute on chronic respiratory failure. So he was not able, able to, to
1: breathe. breathe.
0: Okay. The lawsuit also states that this is a direct consequence of the injuries and lack of medical care. And so his sister had mentioned that in one Jorge's of the our, yes, Jorge's sister had mentioned that she, you know, they were very concerned about having to deal with this ventilator because it's a very delicate machine and so anything that you do could you know potentially cause something to go wrong the date that he was officially like had his heart attack they noticed that he was in just extreme discomfort The ems is when they came they actually had them leave the room in order to go through and try to bring him back from this heart attack so he was brought back, but only for a few days. Yeah, okay. So they brought up this lawsuit because after an investigation by the Texas, um, Rangers. Texas Rangers, yes, thank you, um, they felt that that these officers should be held accountable. The last I heard about the officers is that they were placed on administrative leave with pay and that there were no charges that were brought against them. Um, They did have a grand jury um, consider the report from the Rangers investigation and return a um, no bill of indictment. In other words, they determined that there was no probable cause exists to suggest a crime was committed by the arresting officers. But,
1: you know, like... That's kind of bullshit though, like, look at look at George Floyd's case, there was no bill of indictment until the riots happened, you know, so just because there is no bill of indictment doesn't mean grand jury is being impartial, especially in the state where, you know, a lot of immigrants come from, The bi- I'm pretty sure most of the grand jury is full of white people, it's just an assumption, but still. At the end of the day, this man came to the United States for a better life for his, for himself and for his family. He had little kids. He has a wife. He had a wife. We should honor his memory at least by, you know... God damn, where am I going with this? i I got three.
0: Okay, so... <laughs> Um, One of the statements that was told to a local press,
1: um, press, yes,
0: K-Stat is the name of it, a thorough, lengthy, and independent investigation by the Texas Rangers determined that any injury to Mr. Zuniga resulted in his unfortunate decision to strenuously fight to prevent his arrest and transportation to the county detention facility. His efforts to prevent the arrest and transportation exhausted three deputies.
1: Hold up. You said there there were independent witnesses that were saying that he was on fighting back.
0: Correct. So, so this was the owner of the trailer park and then okay. another witness that stated that he had only run not actually actively fought the officers.
1: So do you know how Texas Rangers are jumping on that conclusion? This is
0: not the Texas Rangers. This was the um, head of the Hidalgo County Sheriff's stating that even though they did a thorough investigation...
1: Thorough investigation by Texas Rangers determined that.
0: This is also like what this guy is stating it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what the investigation found. That's why the lawsuit was brought upon based on the findings of the Texas Rangers. Okay. So he's obviously thinking in the best interest of these sheriffs and, you know, thinking about like all of that.
1: Blue, blue lives got to protect blue lives yes. kind of thing, which, you know, one the hand, I play team sports and I get it where they're coming from. But at the same time, you know, this is not a sport. Cops shouldn't, you know, cops should be pointing out the bad ones.
0: Yes. Um, another statement by um, a sheriff officer that's name is Greta stated, Zuniga refused to cooperate and became physically agitated, verbally abusive, and strongly resisted efforts to be taken into custody. Pepper spray, tasers, and three deputies were required to accomplish his physical restraint and placement into the back seat of the police cruiser as he was placed into the car he made several statements claiming that he had been hurt in the process
1: do were any of them wearing they weren't wearing
0: body cams but the dash cam caught it
1: Okay, they weren't wearing body cams. So.
0: No, they weren't wearing body cams. Not every state requires body cams. Okay. Um, and even at that level, it's, you know, at the city's discretion. Okay. Because they do cost, apparently, a lot of money. But um, the dash cam did show them uh, shoving him into a car and being Just rough, really rough with, him. with him. And then... Um, These are all just statements that they had stated to, you know, they weren't actually in the official police report. These are just statements from people who work with these officers. Um, Zuniga's sister, Katia, had stated that she went to, her mom had gone to the sheriff's office Mm -hmm. and asked them to tell your sheriff's to come and apologize to my son before he passes away. And the sheriffs never responded. There have been protests outside of this county sheriff's asking for justice for him.
1: In their defense, I don't want to make it about money. But like, if they go and apologize for their wrongdoing, that can be used in the lawsuit against them. So I can understand why a union rep or any head would not let them do that, even if they felt that way.
0: The owner of the um, trailer park, he also, he didn't attend the protest for justice for Jorge, which I'm not sure if they're still going on. I haven't found a whole lot of information after um, July of this year. Um, he did say that there was no need for the police to come and get out of control.
1: Okay. Here, here's just my thoughts on, on the whole situation. This was a man who came to America to live the American dream. You know, have a beautiful wife, have beautiful kids, and just live a life peacefully. Cops were not there that night for even him causing disturbance. He was just like, you know, my man was just like happy, drunk, passed out. You know, for cops to, you know, for him to run and just take this as a sign of, you know somebody rebelling against them and just beat him down to to a pub that you know he dies shows negligence shows gross negligence on on part of sheriff's department and they should be held responsible i genuinely feel that at the end of day he in his memory we should always at the end of day we should all have the right to be treated with respect and dignity. Once he was arrested, he was not fighting back. So there was no reason that this man, in his 20s, might I say, early... Um,
0: 20, just turned
1: 23. Early 20s, this man had no reason to die. No underlying health conditions. This was all a case of police brutality. And what makes it worse is... What makes this worse is it happened all after George Floyd. After the whole George Floyd incident and the kneeling incident, how can police departments now look at their own policies and change some things? So the incidents like this don't happen. I know a lot of people would say that he was undocumented and, you know, uh, he was here illegally, but a lot of American economy depend upon... illegal immigrants. They work the hardest jobs. They do the hardest work for bare minimum. So let's not disrespect Jorge's or his family's memory of Jorge's. So this is just my final thoughts. So thank you for listening. We are planning to donate 20% of our proceeds to charity that either works with Special Olympics or within our communities. Anna and I started this podcast in hopes to shift the paradigm and bring attention to the voices that often go unheard by society, especially the voices of victims that are of color. We are hoping to play our part so minorities would get a fair representation by media and they get fair share of justice in justice department. We would love to hear from you guys about how we're doing and what we can improve on. We would also definitely love to hear from you about what cases we should work on next. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and we should have a podcast out next Thursday. And this message is for our sponsors. In case we're going to be uploading our email if you hope to reach us for future sponsorships we appreciate all you guys all your listeners and sponsors to let us do what we are about to do thank you have a good night